Welcome to the Hope United Podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. So we've been talking about this world that is full of problems. You can turn on the news, you can turn on the internet, you, you look at your social media feeds, it's everywhere, all these problems, constantly bombarded with problems. But the good news is this, God has a, a solution for every problem in the world. How many believe that God has a solution? So no matter any of the problems that you see, all of the problems that you see, even the problems you don't see, God has a solution. Look at somebody and tell them, God has a solution. So this is what we're talking about, the good news, the good news. And today, specifically, I want to talk about our responsibility because, you know, we have a responsibility in this good news. We talked about the blueprint that God gave us in John three sixteen. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And we believe that is God's plan to unlock solutions on the earth. And so every time that we tap into God's blueprint, we see his solution and his plan begin to be revealed. And we can rest and we can be at peace today because God is all-knowing. He knows every problem. You might think there are some things that he doesn't know, but he knows everything. From the biggest thing to the smallest thing, even Luke twelve seven says, the very hairs on your head are numbered by God. So don't be afraid. Look at somebody and say, don't be afraid. It's good news. God knows from the, ma from the macro problems of the world to the micro problems of your personal life. God is all-knowing. He's omniscient. He is aware of everything. God knows, God cares, and God has a plan. So we talked about this this week, and I want to really dial down on this belief part because for God so loved the world so that he gave his only begotten son that anyone believes. When we believe, solution is unlocked on the earth. Anytime someone believes in Christ, more of God's plan is released upon the earth. And the more we believe, the more is unlocked. So if there's an area that I could challenge you in your life today is grow in faith. Grow in faith because the more you exercise faith in Jesus Christ... In the words of Christ, guess what? You are going to release God's solution upon the earth. God's solution, not just for your family, not just for your finances, but all around you. And in the world today, we're going to see God's plan and solution released. The more we believe, the more we unlock. Say that with me. The more we believe, the more we unlock. So if you want to unlock purpose in your life, grow in the area of faith. If you want to unlock God's potential, not just in you, but in those around you, begin stirring up faith in your conversation, in your language. The more you stir up faith, the more you unlock potential. There is potential in speaking the name of Christ, talking about the things of God. And we can get together as God's people, but if we don't talk about faith we're not going to see our potential unlocked. So that's right. You can love the Lord. You can come to church. 
You can carry a Bible. You can have a Bible at your house. You can read your Bible. But unless we have conversations of faith together, our conversation is not going to unlock anything upon the earth. I was sharing with somebody this week that, you know, the devil really isn't afraid of Scripture per se because the devil quoted Scripture to Jesus during his time in the wilderness. What he's afraid of is the Word when it becomes flesh. He's, he's worried about when the Word is activated and is plugged into reality. See, Jesus was the Word plugged into reality. When you become the Word plugged into reality, when you apply God's Word with faith into your reality, the devil's afraid of that because that unlocks purpose. So we can have good intentions, but if we have the wrong language, we become an impediment to ourselves. You can love the Lord, but if you get together and you talk about fear and doubt and anxiety, you're not going to unlock purpose. The enemy wants to put things in your face that are contrary to what God is whispering in your spirit. God, you promised this, but I'm seeing that. You promised blessing, but I'm looking at my bank account right now. You promised me that uh, you're going to bless my family, but right now it feels like our family is infighting. And so we have doubts. We're confronted with fears. And I'm not saying that we don't all experience doubts and fears, but if you park there and you stay there and that is your conversation, anybody ever been around a negative person? I know you have. It changes the atmosphere in the room when that person opens their mouth, does it not? It doesn't matter how much you love the Lord if you talk about your fears and your doubts and your anxieties and your worries. Guess what? You're not going to release any of God's purpose in your life and in the earth. But if we come together and we say, I acknowledge that this is going on, but I am declaring this. I see that this is happening in the natural, but I believe this is what's happening in the spirit. I'm beginning to stir up faith in my conversation. My language has changed, therefore my reality will change as well. As a man speaks, so a man is. If you have faith, even the size of a mustard seed, and you say to that mountainous situation to move... It's going to be moved. But it's because you have different language. You have to have different language. It's not enough just to be saved. You've got to have a different language if you want to unlock the kingdom in your life and unlock the kingdom upon the earth. If we want the world to have solution, you have to open your mouth and have faith in it. Yeah, yeah. I want you to look at the scripture a little different today. Ephesians 4.29, it says... Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So when you are using your words and using your mouth to continue to perpetuate doubts and fears and anxieties, that's unwholesome talk. It's not just curse words. It's doubt. Jesus marveled at two things, faith and lack of faith. Faith and lack of faith. So what is coming out of your mouth? Would Jesus be like, yeah, or would Jesus be like, no? 
How long am I going to be with you? He told his disciples. Said, where is your faith? Faith gets Jesus' attention. Faith unlocks solutions upon the earth. Faith shows you what God's plan looks like in reality. Create purpose by rehearsing God's word and God's plan. When we focus on fear and doubts, we don't do what God has intended us to do. When we focus on faith, we can see God's potential in all the things around us. It's not enough for you and I to be full of faith. Did you know that? It's not enough for you to be full of faith. It's not enough for you to be deep in the word, reading the word. It's not enough for you to be praying a lot at home. It's good. It's very important. Don't get me wrong, but it's not enough. It's not enough until it overflows. Faith, when done correctly, should multiply. James said it this way. It should basically become external. It should take legs. Your faith should have movement to it. Faith without works is dead. So even if you're full, so you say, of God's word, and you're praying, and you're doing all these things, but yet it is not showing on the outside, that's not enough. It has to overflow. Faith must multiply. Look at somebody and say, faith must multiply. Your faith must impact others. Jesus gave this amazing parable in Luke 10 where he talked about the Good Samaritan. He didn't talk about a faith that stayed with a person. Actually, he addressed both things, right? There are the three religious people that went by and they had a faith supposedly within themselves, but it was not overflowing. It did not go as far to help the person that was beat up and left for dead on the side of the road. But the one person, his, he was overflowing. He was overflowing. Whatever was inside of him was overflowing so much that he stopped and he helped the person. Faith must multiply. Faith must overflow. When our faith in Christ is shared with others, we see the multiplication of God's purpose. So think about this. If me believing in Jesus unlocks part of God's plan, what if three of us get together and we believe in Jesus? More of God's plan is unlocked. So faith must multiply. The more that we believe in Christ and we share Christ, and now someone else comes to the knowledge of Christ, now there is more faith upon the earth. We live in a world that's full of fear. But imagine if more people started to believe. More people started to have faith. More people started to have courage in the plan of God. It would change the culture. It would change the way things happen. Faith must impact others. It must begin to challenge others. It's not enough for my faith to stay inside of me. If we believe the blueprint of John 3.16, we have to understand the believes in him clause. The believes in him clause basically goes like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that anyone that believes in him, anyone that believes in him shall not perish. So within this clause, if I believe, I'm not going to perish. 
there is an urgency within that clause. There's an urgency to say, wow, if I really care for my fellow man, if I really care for the people that Jesus died for, that God loved, God loved the world, and Jesus died for them, then I understand there's a sense of urgency to say, anyone that believes, my coworker, my family member, whomever, that God allows to be in my path, anyone, no matter the background, no matter the orientation, no matter the sin, no matter the problem, no matter the skeletons in the closet, no matter the issues, anybody that will say, yes, I believe in Jesus. They're not going to perish, but they're going to have everlasting life. So within that scripture, Within that clause, I understand there is urgency. I can't just sit here and be coming to church on Sunday is enough. It's good. It's important. But this is the launching pad. This is the springboard for what I'm going to do on Monday. This is the springboard for the rest of my week and what I'm going to do. And I'm coming together. We're encouraging one another in our faith. And we go and we do what God told us to do. To let this faith multiply. To let this faith overflow. When we understand the urgency and respond to the urgency, there is multiplication. And I think about all the things that are going on in the world today, and I think, man, I would like to see more of God's plan become a reality right now. Anybody there at that place? You say, man, there's some messed up stuff going on in the world today. This author guy, he just got stabbed. The, you know, there's flooding here. There's shootings there. There's violence. There's all kinds of stuff. Corruption. I would like to see more of God's plans right now. Watch. Watch. When we share Jesus, when we share our faith, we share about the goodness of God and the person of Jesus, what happens is it accelerates the plans of God. I don't know about you, but that excites me to be able to be a part of accelerating the plans of God. When I don't share, for whatever reason, I feel unqualified or I feel inhibited. And so I don't say what I could say. I slow down what God wants to do. The Bible says that God is not slow. But he is patient, not wanting anyone to perish. So he asked, well, how long are we going to wait until the Lord returns? Well, a lot of that depends on you and me. We have the ability to accelerate the plans and the purpose of God upon the earth. As we share the good news, God's purpose accelerates upon the earth. The more belief upon the earth, the more purpose is released. So this is important because I see a lot of this today. Hopefully not a lot of that in this room. But it is the gospel of me. Have you seen the gospel of me in our society? You can turn on YouTube and you can watch a couple sermons about the gospel of me. They even have songs about the gospel of me. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It kind of, if you follow the thought process of the gospel of me, it's kind of almost like they're saying, for God so loved me. That he gave his life for me. That if I 
believe in Jesus, I will not perish, but I will have eternal life. It's me-centered. And the problem with the me gospel is the gospel of me has corrupted our worldview. The gospel of me has corrupted our worldview. Why? Because God so loved the the world, all the people groups of the world, every different type of, of person and nationality and, and challenge and person that's broken and, and confused and in sin and they're lost. And he loved everybody. That's the worldview that God has. His plan is for the world. When we get this little tiny view of God that he so loved me, that he saved me, it's the gospel of me. It's very selfish. And, and we hear some songs sometimes. I was broken, but you saved me. I was lost and I was afflicted and I felt real bad. But then you came to me. But back to me, I'm in the spotlight again. And you took me on a journey and I went on the journey and I feel good and I'm blessed. I'm blessed beyond measure and God is good. But come back to me. I got more to sing about today. The gospel of me. We've got songs about it. We've got sermons about it. But the gospel of me has a corrupted world view. If you think it's all about you, you need to get over yourself. It's about the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his son that whosoever, anybody that would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. This group that believes in Jesus would become the group of people that would become his church and then he's going to return for his church. I hate to break it to the people that believe in the gospel of me. He's not coming back for Lone Rangers. He's coming back for a people. He's coming back for a unified church. He's coming back for the group that believes in him and follows his commands. There's a problem, you know. And in our culture, we just love and we lift up this concept of, of the Lone Ranger. We don't understand how it works. Like, if you understand by the Spirit, man, what goes on, it is like... The Lone Ranger is the gazelle that's in the back of the flock. He's 20, 20 yards away. And the Bible clearly says the devil is like a roaring lion who goes around seeking whom he may devour. That Lone Ranger, man, he is gone. He is gone. He, he doesn't even realize it. He's gone. The safest place that you can be is in community. Why? Because it's safe while we're here. The gates of hell will not prevail against who? You? No, he'll prevail against you. But he won't prevail against the people of God. The, 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 the nastiest demon, the wickedest thing that, that the devil has up his sleeve will not prevail against God's church. Yeah? And that's bigger than hope. That's all of us. When we're unified together... The gates of hell will not prevail against God's church. But the enemy does win oftentimes, a lot of times, with lone rangers. And sometimes people just, I don't know, they, 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 they drift off and they decide maybe they don't want anybody in their business. Tell me if this sounds familiar. 
I don't, I don't need anybody's approval. I don't, I don't need anybody judging me. We get distant, distant. I don't need anybody to tell me what's right or wrong. No accountability. And you're the person in the back of the flock. You're the person 20 feet out. I'm just going to do God my way. God knows my heart. Yeah, he knows your heart, but he also tells you, uh, don't forsake being together. That's where it's at. That's where the safety is at. Sometimes you hear people and they have moral failings and somebody that was great, great leader and um, somebody that a lot of people looked up to and they, they, they just, how did that happen? They, they became a lone ranger. Maybe they weren't always a lone ranger, but they became a lone ranger. Now, all of a sudden, they are pulling away. Maybe they're too holy or maybe they're too busy. I don't know. And so, no accountability. No brother or sister in their life that could say, hey, you need to take a look at that area. Oh, don't judge me. You need some brothers and sisters in your, in your life to say, hey, man, take a look at that area. Maybe you should pray about that area. That doesn't look right. There's safety in community. There's safety in accountability. The gospel of me has a corrupted world view. You're not going to fulfill purpose alone. This is why the Lone Ranger situation doesn't work. Not only is it not safe... You're not going to accomplish everything you could accomplish because God meant for you to do it in community. You can't do it alone. The safest place is doing faith with others. Matthew 16, 18, And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Jesus said, I'm building a church. I'm building a people. I'm building a community. And the gates of hell... Everything the devil's got up his sleeve is not going to win against this people. We have to get back to this concept of people. It's people. For God so loved the world. So who are you running with? And who are you sharing faith with? Because if you're running the race in such a way to win, you've got to be running with the right crowd. You ever notice if you go to the gym and you're working out or you're going on a long run, if you're running with people that are going to encourage you and they're going to challenge you and they're going to say, hey, man, stop slacking, let's go. You're going to get to your destination quicker. You're going to run longer. You're going to run a better race. But if you're running with the wrong crowd, you're going to run slower. You might run the wrong direction. If you're running by yourself, you're going to not have the encouragement that you need. Who are you running with? If you're running the race in such a way to win. Because community, sharing faith is caring. We have a responsibility to love. Not like we think that we should love. We have a responsibility to love like Jesus. John 3.16. Jesus shared the good news with the world. A news that anybody that believes can be saved. Regardless of background, Regardless of what you were into before, regardless of your past, regardless of the skeletons in your closet, if you believe, if you come to Christ, you will be saved. So I have a responsibility. You have a responsibility now to share faith. That's what, God, that's what Jesus did on the earth. He shared faith.
He shared the faith in, in religious circles. He shared faith in sinful circles. He shared faith in political circles. He shared faith all the time. But what about pushback, Pastor? What, what is, you know we're in a culture that pushes back against sharing your beliefs. What do you do if, if the culture's telling you this is a safe space? We don't talk about religion here. What do you do if the, if the culture is telling you it's not appropriate to talk about Jesus here? Here's the thing. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Here's the problem. And this is kind of the veil that the enemy has pulled over people's eyes. They say, don't talk about Jesus. That's offensive. But Jesus is the answer for the world. Jesus is the solution. God's plan to save the world and to pull us out of this extinction experience is Jesus. That's the solution. So Jesus is the only sustainable, eternal, infallible solution available. More people need to know that. More Christians need to be reminded of that. Jesus is not an inconvenience. Jesus is the answer. Can I say it again? Jesus is not an inconvenience. Jesus is the answer. He is God's solution for the world. And when we believe, we unlock that upon the earth. The only way to start solving these problems that we see in the world is to start inviting Jesus in. Start inviting Jesus into the conversation. The sooner we understand who Jesus is, the sooner we are reminded of who Jesus is and how powerful the news about him is, it changes our perspective. So as Christians today, we have an option of following one of two commands. We can obey the command of our culture that says your beliefs are a private matter. They have no place in the public space. But there's another command that Jesus gives. He says, go into all the world and make disciples. He didn't say go into church and make disciples. He said go into the world. That includes public spaces, political spaces, educational spaces, entertainment spaces. Go into all the world and make disciples. Talk about me. Help people find me. Help walk it out with people. So we have two different commands because the culture of this world is given a command and it's loud and clear. And it's the opposite of the command of Christ. I don't want to get spooky with you today, but when you see what is going on in the world today and you see people like, Shh, don't, don't talk about that here. That is the spirit of of the Antichrist. Some people, they get in their eschatology, they're thinking that it's going to be one particular person. There's going to be a man rise up. There's going to be a beast coming out of the sea and all these heads and all these horns. Listen. Listen closely. Jesus said the spirit of the Antichrist is already among you. Who do you think crucified Jesus? The people that were motivated by the spirit of the Antichrist. They said, we need to shut Jesus up. Shh. 
We don't want to talk about Jesus here. The sooner we put him on the cross and kill him and get him out of here, people will stop talking about him. The spirit of the Antichrist is the one that was behind and motivated people to crucify Jesus. It's the same spirit that says, shh, this is a safe space. I tell you, there's not going to be any more safe space if we stop talking about Jesus. There's no amount of money that you can pay me to stop talking about Jesus. Jesus is the answer for the world today. He's the answer for every safe space. He's the answer for every problem. So we have a decision to make. To follow the command of the culture, which is clearly saying something. And the command of Christ that's saying something. And in my mind, I see it this way. There are two types of Christians. One makes disciples and one makes excuses. If you've been in the faith for over five years and you're not discipling anybody, I want you to go back home and think about this. All right? I don't want you to be condemned. I want you to change your ways, right? I'm not trying to heap guilt on you. I'm saying go home and think about this. If you've been in the faith over five years and you are not discipling somebody, are you the type of Christian that makes disciples or makes excuses? Because there are two commands that are going out today. The world and the world system and the devil that's behind that system is saying, shh, don't talk about religion. Don't offend people. The gospel says sometimes the gospel is an offense. Jesus said sometimes I'm a stumbling block. But he's also the one that can save and rescue people from destruction. If I really love the world and I'm trying to love the world like Jesus and like God, I'm going to share the story of Jesus. I'm going to... Any opportunity that I have that it seems like, hey, maybe there's a crack there. Let me just tell you about this story. Let me just tell you about this man. Let me just tell you about this thing that I found out. The good news is good news. It's not an inconvenience. For God so loves you that he gave a solution. That if you'll just believe in the solution... It's going to unlock purpose. It's going to unlock potential. It's going to unlock God's favor on your life. I don't know about you, but in a world full of bad news, that is the best news that anyone could ever hear. The good news is urgent. The good news is sometimes offensive, but it will save your life. The good news is sometimes culturally inappropriate, but it is the path to eternal life. The good news is sometimes unwanted, but it's always rewarded. The good news is sometimes rejected, but it has value that no man can take away. The good news is also a life preserver, a soul cleanser, a breath of fresh air, freedom from years of bondage, hope in the midst of depression, faith in the midst of fear, love in the midst of brokenness. The good news is a lifesaver. And there is power in the good news. Will you bow your heads with me today? God, I thank you that there is power in what you did. And there's so much power 
on this message. Even if I stumble and bumble my way through the retelling of Jesus, it has a powerful impact on people's lives. God, I thank you, Lord, that you would give us the courage to do what you want us to do in this season. The courage to speak faith in the face of fear. Faith in the place where doubts and anxiety exist. And to present your plan and your solution in the midst of all kinds of trouble. God, give us faith to share the good news of Jesus Christ. God, let the good news come alive in us. God, that we would have a zeal, that we would have a passion for sharing the goodness of God and the person of Jesus. The goodness of God and the person of Jesus. As heads are bowed, maybe you say, Pastor, I'm not where I need to be with Jesus today. I have really kind of drifted and I need to reconnect with Him. Or maybe you say, Pastor, I don't know if I've ever really connected with Jesus. I need to do that today. If that's you, slip up your hand. I want to pray with you right where you are today. Amen. 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 If you lifted your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And everybody, you can say this in agreement. Jesus, thank you for your love that was so big that you came and died for me. I'm sorry for all my mistakes, all my shortcomings, all my failures, all my sins. Jesus, forgive me. I receive the powerful work of the cross that eliminates sin from my life. Jesus, give me that today. Jesus, walk with me. I need your help. I need you to guide me. I need you to show me how. I want you to help me to see God's potential in me. In Jesus' name. Everybody said... Oh, come on, let's give God the praise today. Thanks again for listening. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. For more information or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. And remember, if God is with you, you will be undefeated.